The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and the so-called New Mass. Hello and welcome to What Catholics Believe. I'm your host, Thomas Nagley, and with me tonight is Father William Jenkins from the Society of St. Pius V and pastor of Immaculate Conception Church in Norwood, Ohio. Hello, Father. Hello, Tom. Uh, Father, I would like to begin the program tonight by reading from the Pledge of the Legion of Decency, and then I'd like to uh, to kind of compare it and contrast that with a few current <coughs> events um, that, that have been in the news lately. Uh, first, a, a bit of background uh, as far as the Pledge of the Legion of Decency. Uh, Pope Pius XI said in his, in, in his encyclical on motion pictures, all pastors of souls will undertake to obtain each year from, the pe- from their people a pledge similar to the one which is given by their American brethren in which they promise to stay away from motion pictures which are offensive to truth and Christian morality. The American bishops at a meeting in Washington in 1938 requested all ordinaries to have the Pledge of the Legion of Decency taken by all the faithful at all masses in all churches and chapels throughout the United States on the Sunday within the octave of the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. More than ever, the principles they laid down should be observed by Catholics in these days in which we live. And as far as the actual pledge itself, it reads thus, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, I condemn indecent and immoral motion pictures and television programs and those which glorify crime or criminals. I promise to unite my efforts with all those who protest against them. I acknowledge my obligation to form a right conscience about films and television programs that are dangerous to my moral life. As a true Roman Catholic, I pledge myself to watch only good motion pictures and television programs. I promise further to stay away altogether from places of amusement and sources of entertainment which are offensive to God and occasions of sin for myself and others for whom I am responsible. Now, Father, recently it's been in the news that the new Disney movie, The Beauty and the Beast, their remake of that, uh, there's going to be a bit of a subplot in this movie where one of the characters has, um, has homosexual tendencies towards one of the main characters in this. So I'd like to ask you, does that uh, subplot in and of itself, would that qualify that movie as an immoral and indecent motion picture that all good Catholics should avoid? Yes. Okay. Why so? Why so? Yeah. Glorifies what we understand to be morally criminal. Okay. Right? Um, These movies are pitched primarily at children who are very impressionable. And... uh, this is obviously a propaganda sure. piece. Uh, Disney has been um, just, I, I won't even say infiltrated, but Disney has been for years now, right? Uh, a nesting place for this message, right? Of homosexuality. And uh, in many of their films, there are subtle messages and hints. Now, you know, one might argue, well, they don't go in for this, you know, subliminal training or anything like that. 
maybe this is all tongue-in-cheek uh, among the homosexuals who actually put these messages in there. But the fact is, um, they, they are dangerous, and uh, one cannot really just assume that they do not have any effect. You know? okay. they're, there, they're put there for a reason. Okay? And somebody seems to think that uh, they are worth inserting in these movies. So, but this is not something subtle and subliminal. This is something blatant and brazen, right? And um, so, when our Lord says in the gospel that, uh, it, woe to those who give scandal to the little ones, it would be better for such a person who, uh, who would scandalize a, a little one who believes in Christ. Uh, it, it'd be better off being uh, collared with a millstone, thrown overboard, and drowned in the depths of the sea. Our Lord is making it very clear that uh, this is extremely offensive to God. This is horribly criminal and uh, um, you know extremely damaging to the children. Um, our Lord also you know talked about scandal when He said, "If your right eye scandalizes you, rip it out and throw it away." Uh, if your right hand scandalizes you, cut it off and throw it away from you. Now, our Lord was not recommending that people take their eyes out or take their hands off. What he's saying is, uh, you, if you would not take your eye out or your hand off, uh, all the more reason why you should not give scandal, because it's so much worse. And he says, when it comes down to it, I mean, if you need to, uh, to save your soul, if you had to do that, to surrender an eye and your hand, you'd be better off in, in the glory of heaven, without a hand or an eye, um, but fully, you know, enjoying the, the beauty and the splendor and the happiness of heaven, than you would in hell with an eye, one one more eye to uh, suffer, uh, one more hand to suffer with down there. So, um, our Lord is very clear about the gravity of scandal, okay. and uh, he said, I mean, let's face it, our Lord said that he came to call sinners. And that his church would be made up of sinners, and necessarily so, because uh, they're the ones who recognize they need a savior, and that's why they would come to the church. Uh, that's why they would come to Christ. The ones who didn't come to him were the ones who styled themselves sinless, the, the Pharisees, right? Um, and so our Lord made it very clear, he came to call sinners. And uh, when you look at his apostles, you know, our Lord uh, also made it very clear that, um, that he really was calling those who were weak individuals. I mean, after all, uh, one betrays him, one denies him, um, others run away, right? right? Uh, one after the resurrection, is, after he appears, the, only, the other apostles are remaining, is insisting that he won't believe. And so it's very clear the type of individual our Lord is calling, you know, um, that they are they're in need of serious need of redemption. But um, even though our Lord said it is necessary that scandals come, because the church is for those who are sinful people, um, but who want to uh, overcome their sins and be faithful to God by grace. Um, our Lord still warned, Look, woe to him by whom the scandal comes. So, and we might so in this, we're seeing this world, okay, we're going to see scandals. But for those who give the scandal, there's a very terrible price to pay. And uh, Disney, 
is giving grave scandal by this, okay? But then the parent who takes his child there and exposes the child to that is the one giving scandal. Then that is the one who's, who's responsible for the scandal, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it is with, uh, you know, friends who take friends and so on, and who sit there and watch that, realizing that it's wrong and say nothing and pretend that all is well and it's not. They also are giving scandal. So um, it's a not, not only uh, a matter of the studio, the producer, the, uh, the company, whatever, uh, for putting this in front of, of children uh, as a form of propaganda, but anybody who would expose the child to that. Mm-hmm. That's why I say stay away. Absolutely stay away from this. But, Father, one... Also, by the way, Tom, sure. it's important that this, that, uh, that to send the message, we're not going to put up with this. Mm-hmm. We are not going to support this anyway. Okay. You know, you're not going to get my child's mind, but you're not going to get my dollars either, because I'm not going to pay for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay you to do this. Yeah. And um, when it comes right down to it, this, Disney still needs money to function, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Catholics have to be very, very, um, uh, what should I say, uh, strong on this point. They're not going to support what they, what they see as offensive to God and damaging to themselves and those they love. Mm-hmm. One might argue, the Father, that, uh, that, that sure, that this movie could cause scandal to a child that would see it. But an adult might say... I don't take any scandal from this. I don't see any, any scandal involved here. I, th- th- this, this minor uh, homosexual plot does not affect me in any way because our culture is, is already so completely infiltrated and, and inundated with, with, with uh, homosexualism everywhere. So just this minor little character in this movie is not going to have any, any effect on me. I don't take any scandal as an adult. Therefore, it, it should be permissible, permissible to me to well, go see that movie. Well, an adult could say that, but I, I would say to the adult, okay, look, you know this story, you've seen other movies, there are, there are other movies on the subject that are very fine. So, I mean, you need you need to see this movie? You really need to see this movie? There's something pathological already about that, I think. But beyond that, again, I, I would tell them, look, you're paying money to go see this. You're paying them to do this. You're paying them to produce this kind of this kind of uh, um, trash, okay? And let's see, that's being kind. You're praying them to produce this, and you are therefore uh, sharing in the evil that is done here. Okay. So, um, you know, one might say, well, yeah, but my 10 bucks, 12 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever it is these days, amounts to so little. Uh, I say, look, you add up the money that you're putting toward this thing, and that's your share in uh, encouraging them, not, not only to pay for what they've done, but encouraging them to do it again. <coughs> Your presence there is a number that is counted, right? That you came there. And you know very well that if there were 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 people who had that same approach that you do, well, I don't approve of that message. But I'm still going to go and let myself be entertained by the rest of it. I would say to them, number one, um, you are supporting an evil thing, and you have no real justification for doing so. None, you know. And on top of that, um, I would also tell them, you pharisaically believe that this isn't going to affect you, but I can guarantee you this, that with this constant drumbeat, this constant message, constant message that you're subjecting your mind to, you are accepting this. And I would say, I can prove it to you. And they would say, well, how can you prove that to me? I'd say, look, 
when you go to that movie uh, and you see that movie, will you be offended by what you see there? Will this really bother you that this is happening there, realizing what's involved in this? Yeah, it's everywhere. I rest my case. It's already had that effect with you. Familiarity breeds acceptance. It, it does. Uh, Alexander Pope said it very well in the 1600s. Vice is a monster. So hideous of mean, I think he said, means face, mm -hmm. as to be hated needs but be seen. Mm -hmm. Yet seen too oft familiar with her face, we first endure, then pity, then embrace. And there's a progression that goes on here. They're desensitizing us to this, you know? They're desensitizing us to this. So, you know, we begin to begin to see it as actually kind of normal. I mean, it's just the way it is. This is what the person was actually saying, you know? Exactly. Well, it doesn't affect me because it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, you're already, you're already pleading guilty. <laughs> yeah? You've been totally desensitized to this. So you're actually beyond the point of even enduring it anymore. Mm. You know, you just accept it as commonplace. And then the next step is actually to have a certain sympathy with it. It, it just happens. And the next step is eventually, I'm not saying the individual himself is going to go that way. But when I say embrace, what I mean is uh, finally approve it and say, oh, it's okay. It's not that bad. Right. I mean, that's a form of embracing it, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, has happened, it has already happened with the adults, I think, like that. Right. If they're sitting there and just saying, oh, it doesn't matter. That's, that's negligible because it's everywhere. Well, um, there's a reason why now it is everywhere. It's part of the cultural Marxist attack on Christianity to completely undermine and subvert Christian civilization. I mean, a recent uh, edition of National Geographic features on its cover all these different sexual choices and identities right now. Have you seen that? I have. Uh, a couple of parishioners actually around the missions have actually bought it and given it to me because they they were so horrified by it that as National Geographic, I thought, you know, talk about mainstream, talk about something wholesome, uh, talk about something uh, educational, right? Mm -hmm. It's in the libraries all over the country, right? School libraries and so on. And this is the message they're sending out there. And of course, the idea is to completely break down any sensitivity to this or any sense of, any, uh, to desensitize people, the whole thing, to the point where, you, you know, at first you feel you're, you're angry, you're disgusted, what are they doing to these children? But eventually, after a while, you just kind of say, oh, there they go again. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, there is not the moral outrage anymore. This is exactly what they did with the Novus Ordo. It's exactly how people began to accept the Novus Ordo. Um, they would introduce them to a little more, a little more, a little more, and uh, the people would sit there like frogs in the, in, the, in the kettle of water on the stove, and they'd slowly be cooked until they, they couldn't react to anything anymore. Yeah. Nothing. They, they were eventually witnessing sacrileges, the way the, the hosts were being uh, treated. Um, and, and um, I mean, they could hear the most outrageous blasphemies, and they don't ever react anymore. Like they're brain dead. Mm -hmm. And their faith did, that's for sure. Right. Well, that's what the Nova Soto is all about. Mm -hmm. Same thing here. Right. Don't go see the movie. Okay. Actually, we should be out in front of the movie saying, trying to keep people away from it. Right. It should be. Right. 
Father, I, I think this stems into uh, the larger question, though, of how much uh, how much immorality should we tolerate in, in forms of entertainment before that entertainment is labeled indecent um, and, and contrary to the Catholic faith? And, and what I mean by that is, is so often there, there's so many movies that are otherwise great, um, extremely entertaining, fascinating movies, but they'll have one scene in them that's inappropriate or maybe a few curse words here and there. Same thing with music. There'll be uh, great, great songs, maybe even have good themes to these songs, but they'll have a, a curse word or two thrown mm-hmm. in there. Is it okay to listen to, to songs like that, to, to enjoy these kind of forms of entertainment? Is, is there a threshold or is there some kind of limit where we say this is too much? Well, I mean, there are various aspects to this. I mentioned two of them already. The point at which it actually influences you mm-hmm. to accept uh, the immorality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you yourself are damaged by exposure to this. Right? Your, your, your conscience is damaged by this. Uh, on the other hand, ex- supporting it, boosting it, right? Mm-hmm. By your presence, by your dollars, uh, by your talk. Yeah, I saw this movie. And, mm-hmm. and um, all of that goes into it. Yeah? But... You know, there's something really low, and there's something really vicious about being entertained by something that is offensive to God. I think somebody has to ask himself, if this is offensive to God, whom I love, or whom at least I should love, why am I letting myself be entertained by this? I mean... How offensive is it to God that I am allowing myself to be entertained by and to some extent enjoy what is offensive to him, but is gravely immoral? It's brief, it's quick. They put it in there for a reason. And they put it in for the reason that they want to get these ideas into our heads, into our minds, and throw it there into our hearts. That's what they want to do. And so um, one might say, well, how much arsenic are you willing to swallow with the birthday cake? Yeah? How much um, antifreeze am I willing to swallow with my lemonade? Right? At what point? You know? And do I, do I say, well, I, I'll, I'll drink, I'll, ha- I'll allow enough antifreeze in my lemonade, as long as it tastes good. In other words, as long as I find it entertaining. But when it no longer tastes good and I find it offensive, then I'll stop. But God is already offended. You know, you may say, I'm going to indulge in this until I'm offended. That's a far cry from saying that I'll, I'll indulge in this until God is offended. Mm-hmm. God is offended before you ever enter the door with some of these things, you know, so... So, uh, I mean, I think, I really think we have to have kind of a zero tolerance mentality. And when I say that, I don't mean a zero tolerance policy. I think we have a zero tolerance mentality about this. What I mean by that is that in our heart of hearts, we have to say, I, I, I refuse to be entertained, to be amused by anything that is offensive to God. Because I hate that. Why? Because I love God. The more I love God, the more I hate what is offensive to Him. You know? um, so why should subject, I should subject my mind, my heart, my children's minds and hearts and souls to that garbage? Why would I even want this in my world? I don't want it in there. I'm not going to support it in any way. Period. <clears throat> That's the zero tolerance mentality. But 
a zero tolerance policy, putting into practice, is I am going to plug my ears, close my eyes, and not see or hear anything that is offensive to God. If I go into a restaurant and they start playing a song I don't like, I'm going to throw my foot in the floor and walk out. Um, if I go into a supermarket and they hear a, uh, hear a song that I know has immoral uh, lyrics, uh, even though it's, maybe it's an instrumental play, I'm going to zero tolerance policy. I'm going to, I'm going to walk out of the store and refuse to buy any groceries. You know? Well, there comes a point where you, know, you do have to um, realize that there are some goods that you need to accomplish. And sometimes the world may make it impossible to accomplish that good. Yeah, you have to go to work. You have to earn money to feed your family, right? And if you have to go into an office environment where somebody in the next cubicle has a foul mouth, you know, you have a zero tolerance policy. Well, just the first foul word he uses today, I am going to walk out on my job, you know? And obviously that's not going to work, right? But the zero tolerance mentality is always there, like resisting it, fighting it, and saying, I, I'm offended by this because, oh God, you are offended by this, and I, I'm, I'm making an act of reparation to you. I knew a man, uh, actually I still know him, he's a great guy. Um, he was actually an insurance executive in New York, in Manhattan. And, uh, and, and this man was um, up, up at the company, you know, he, he wasn't... Uh, uh, just a neophyte, just starting out his career here. He had he'd arrived, as they say. And when he heard somebody down, down the hallway in one of the other offices or out in the hallway use the name of God or Jesus Christ in vain, he would shout out from his office, have mercy on us. And whenever he heard the name of Jesus or, or Christ or God, he would always shout out, have mercy on us every time. And, you know, he wasn't afraid. To, you know, nobody's going to stop him. He wasn't going to be silenced by this. Um, but he silenced them because they, they, they got that and he ashamed them. They, they were ashamed of themselves, actually. Um, so, uh, I mean, the world today will try to make him ashamed because he's crowding other people, you know, and commenting on it. He didn't care. And that's the kind of mentality we have to have, you know. Our, the, our, our forefathers in faith, the reason you and I have the faith today is because there were people who didn't and weren't politically correct. Mm-hmm. And weren't going to be bullied into silence um, about what they believed and what they loved, what they fought for often, what they died for often. Um, they were very bold and forthright about that, and they really did love enough to pay the price. Um, so I think that's the mentality we have to have, you know. And um, so, I mean, there are certain things we can do and certain things we can't do. Uh, that would actually do more harm than good. And that's what I'm talking about, the distinction between the zero tolerance mentality and a zero tolerance policy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a zero tolerance policy, again, if, if, the, if, the, if the foul mouth person in the booth next door, in the cubicle next door, uses a, a bad word, the zero tolerance policy would be, I'm going to go over and strangle that person, right? Or I'm going to go over and punch him, or I'm going, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you can't do whatever you have to do to stop it, you know. Because, again, um, you could be guilty of, of actually wreaking havoc and doing more harm, more harm than good in particular cases. But we all have to have a zero tolerance mentality toward things that are evil and offensive to God. Right. 
But even with this zero tolerance mentality, Father, it seems that you would be writing off uh, nearly every bit of popular culture entertainment, nearly all forms of popular entertainment today. What, R- what, right. what, what, what forms of entertainment would be left? I mean, you, you understand. I, I do. Yeah, so what, what, what forms of entertainment would be left for traditional Catholics? Uh, today's entertainment? Mm-hmm. Gee, that's a tough choice. I, I mean, I mean uh, Lady Gaga, uh, <laughs> Madonna, um, let's see, uh, Katy Perry, I think her name is. Yeah. Gee, I mean, are we really suggesting that we should have nothing to do with these people or any of the noises they make? I so. Yes, <laughs> we are. We're saying that we're shaking the dust off our feet. We have nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. That's our mentality, okay? And we're still going to have to go through this world, right, that glorifies these people like the gods of Olympus. But we are not going to adore them, Mm -hmm. right? We're not going to burn incense at their their altars, which are latrines, basically. And uh, we simply refuse to support them anyway. We're not going to let our children be be corrupted by these uh, sirens from hell. And... uh, we're going to protect them. We're going to raise our children finally. It's not that we're going to keep them, you know, the children walking around with their fingers in their ears and their eyes closed, but we're going to protect them until we can form their consciences well enough. But they can see the evil of this and they find it offensive too. And they are not going to be attracted by it. So there are times that we have to introduce the things of the world to them because they're going to be living in the world. We have to introduce these things to them. We have to introduce these things to the world until they can react to them the way, the way we hope that they would that they can distinguish between good and evil and recognize this is evil. And to me, this, this, this is disgusting, disgraceful. I want nothing to do with this. And I find this not attractive, but repulsive. We have to form their consciences to that point before we introduce them to this. Otherwise, you know, if you don't form their consciences to the point uh, that they can react and understand and see it for what it really is, there, if you... If, if you introduce these things to youngsters before their consciences are formed yet, I'm talking about, I mean, look at the little children being exposed to this kind of stuff right now. You're awakening them a kind of morbid, morbid fascination with this stuff, a morbid fascination with this weirdness and with this evil. And, uh, and that is going to be like a, a, a very deadly poison in their lives and their minds. I mean, what do you find children experimenting with uh, the neighbor next door, little kids, doing things that are, you know, immoral, uh, impure? You find seven-year-old kids, you know, going doing this to their neighbor. Where are they getting these ideas? They've witnessed something. They may not understand the morality, but they may not know what's going on, but they know something's going on. And it awakens a morbid curiosity in them, which is very, very damaging to them. And again, this gets back to what I learned said about giving scandal. And the price to pay for that is horrific. How many souls are in hell because of scandal? How many souls now are in purgatory because of the scandal they've given? They repented, but they couldn't go back and fix everything they did. They're still responsible. And they're suffering in hell, in purgatory now. Even after their repentance, their sins would not send them to hell, but they still have a heavy debt to pay for the scandal they did to other souls in this world. Mm-hmm. So our Lord says, woe to the world because of scandals, right? And boy, we're saying that with a vengeance right now, uh, the truth of his words. It just amazes me that God is still putting up with all of this. You know, there must be some very good people like yourself in the world, uh, for, for which reason he's sparing the rest of us. But um, this, is, this is horrific down here. 
Uh, it is worse than a cesspool uh, with, with this uh, so-called modern entertainment industry. <laughs> that's that's it. Talk about an oxymoron. You know? <laughs> the entertainment industry? Mm -hmm. I mean, if anything prevents you from being industrious, it's modern entertainment. Yeah. You know, they're, they're totally <laughs> antithetical to each other. And um, so, uh, again, the, the zero tolerance mentality uh, means that we will not give in. We will not be desensitized. We will, we will insist on still being scandalized, offended, repulsed. And, uh, and, and sickened by the, the, the sight, the sound of this immorality, we will never adjust our thinking to accept it. Never. Um, we will not allow ourselves to be brainwashed, neither by uh, communists in, uh, in, in uh, anywhere, right? Uh, running any prisoner of war camp in, in, in North Vietnam or anywhere else. We're not going to allow ourselves to be brainwashed there, and we're not going to allow ourselves to brain, them, them to brainwash us here either no matter what they do, right? And we're certainly not going to let them give them access to our children's minds and, and hearts. So we have to resist it as far as we possibly can. And uh, insofar as we can't avoid it, we have to make sure that spiritually we are well armed to just battle it interiorly every step of the way. Should traditional Catholic families have television sets in their homes? I would say no. Why not? I would say that they shouldn't because of the danger of the difficulty of controlling it with the family. When you have, especially a family with children, okay? I mean, grown adults, okay, you'd hope that they would be grown up and mature enough that they could control this kind of thing. They would simply not allow anything in there that is offensive to God. And are there some things that are of value there? I don't know. I, I, there are some... Um, documentaries, there are science, science programs, and so on. I mean, there, there are things of value, and that's part of the problem, because right. there are things of value. Um, if there were nothing of value there, there'd be, there'd, you know, there'd be no justification. It's the things of value that give the justification that move people to have them in their homes. And this is the bait. Uh, this is the lemonade that carries the poison, you know, the antifreeze. I mean, um, this is the soup with the arsenic, or the salad with the arsenic in it. Uh, so, but if there are children, I would say absolutely not. I would say absolutely get that TV away from them. Don't even let them be familiar with it. I mean, I know they're going to visit friends' homes probably, and the friends will have TV, and the children will be fascinated by it. But I think it still sends a message to your children. We, we realize there's a lot of bad things there. And we are not going to have it in our home. And we don't want you growing up with that because we realize not only is it the programming very bad, but even the medium itself, even the medium of sitting there watching the screen and just kind of being absorbed into, into your mind being sucked out of you into this screen, and you just render yourself completely passive to receive the message. That's scary. I mean, you can see why all, like, the totalitarians who want to control the world, Satan, you can see why he would want to use that. You know, Satan can't be everywhere. He's not God. He's a creature. Right? He's an angel. And he can't be everywhere. So, but he tries to mimic God in every way he can. He wants to mimic God's omnipresence by putting his stamp on everything, having his image everywhere, everything around us. He wants to somehow be a symbol of himself. 
You know, so everywhere we look, everything is suggestive to us of some, some evil. And of course, that box there is the perfect thing to be the medium for his voice, for his message, you know, because people get mesmerized by it. It's almost like they're in a trance. I mean, you sit in a room, right, and you're talking to somebody, the television is running. You know how distracting it is. You know people, you know, that, <laughs> right? You catch everybody, right? It just, it just does that to us, you know? And with the children, it's even worse. They, they live on the screen. Mm-hmm. You take the iPhones or whatever else out of their hand, and they, they, the smartphones and so on, and they're lost. They can't function. This is their connection with the world. They live in the virtual world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's no life. Mm-hmm. That's no life at all. This is the perfect medium for totalitarianism, for some evil despot to take over to those who are mindless of themselves mm-hmm. and say, okay, we have... I mean, if, if we had a, a, a science fiction movie, maybe there is one, there probably is one, of these creatures from outer space who came down to Earth and went on literally sucking everyone's brains out right and 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 digesting them and reinserting them as as digested mush okay i mean you couldn't find i think a better a better parallel to what is going on here with this uh, the the television and movie business and the songs the music and all the rest so uh no we have to be more with this literally and we can't let our guard down we can't be tempted to give aid and comfort to the enemy we can't become traitors and allow ourselves to be entertained by this mm-hmm. we just can't the children come to you and say but i like it but i like it so you can't argue the point you can't say no you don't you can say you shouldn't but you can't say you don't like it but i mean you can try to get the point across but it is immoral it is offensive to god it is damaging to your soul and, you know, you can, you can try to help them to see it. I mean, it, it, bring home a... I'm not suggesting it is. Bring home a box of... Uh, uh, bake a cake, okay? <laughs> bake a cake. Put it on the table. And put an empty box of rat poison next to it. And say, Honey, we made your birthday cake. You know? Mm-hmm. Say, what's that doing there? Oh, I, I thought that uh, a little rat poison would be good for you. <laughs> You say, wait, wait a minute. Are you telling me you use that in the recipe? Yeah, I mixed that into the recipe, but it still tastes wonderful. You'll <laughs> like it, you know. Go ahead. You'll really enjoy it, you know. Well, I mean, I wouldn't do this with a five-year-old because they'll definitely eat it. But by the time you get somebody who's hopefully you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, they would say, I, I, I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> They'd have the sense to realize this is deadly, yeah. you know. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you should actually put the rat poison in the cake. Don't do that. <laughs> Okay, but just just pretend, you know, to make the point that you wouldn't eat that cake. You have the sense not to eat that cake because you think I've, I've laced it with rat poison. I'm just getting making the point to you that just because you like it, just because it tastes good, just because it looks pretty, just because it feels good or whatever, it's still deadly. And it's all the more deadly because it is so attractive. Well, yeah, five-year-olds, you don't necessarily have to give them that message. But by the time the kids are going to be 12, 13 years old, they need to begin to understand that. And a message like that to a 10, 13, 11, 12, 13-year-old, well, 
I think they should be mature enough at that point, intellectually, to understand that message. That not everything that glitters is gold, and it can actually be very, very deadly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but please, I'm not recommending making cakes using rat poison <laughs> ever okay. for any reason, right? Okay. Um, uh, but anyway, Tom, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, this is, these are the culture wars we're dealing with here, and that is where the battle is really being fought right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, but the trouble is, I don't think we're really fighting. Yeah, yeah. We need to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully this uh, this particular program is, is is a step in that direction. So hopefully it, uh, it has some good effect and encourages people to well, take, take necessary steps. Well, I hope so. I, I sure don't want people <laughs> writing for the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay. But j just to, uh, to to come back full circle though, and, and emphasize the uh, the initial question here, mm -hmm. would it be a sin? For a traditional Catholic to go see this new movie, the beauty Disney's Beauty and the Beast, knowing that that this plot is in there, would it be a sin? Uh, to take a child, I think it definitely would be a sin. Okay. Yeah, but I think you might as well go out buy a millstone, throwing it, I can jump into the pond. Okay. Um, before you take a kid to see this movie, um, uh, this is couched in such a way that it's just going to be accepted, and no reaction is going to be considered normal, mm -hmm. right? And that to a child is. Very bad. Right? What about an adult? But an adult, an adult who I, I, I think it would be a sin unless he had a reason for going and seeing it. Okay. I mean, take an adult who says, "Look, I always vet these movies before I would be, take any of my children there." I've heard this. I really don't know. I really don't know what this amounts to. You know, is this somebody just kind of? Interpreting it this way, is it really this way? And then the adult may say, the story of Beauty and the Beast, yeah, I mean, there, there are some messages in there that might be good, because they remember the old movie, right? Or the old story. An adult could say, I, I'm not going to go and see this. And I'm going to go see this because, um, either for my own sake, to let me say, okay, this really is what they say it is, and I would never bring my child to this. Or I'm going to go see this so I can warn others away. And I can tell them, yes, I saw it, I know what I'm talking about, this is exactly what it is, and this is very bad. For example, if I had people asking me uh, whether we should see this movie with our children, then how do we know that this really is what the way it is? I mean, maybe there are some people that are, are just overly sensitive about these things, and that we're reacting to it. Or maybe it's just silliness that they're interpreting this way. And uh, if I had enough people ask me, and uh, you know, I tell them, no, it's not just silliness, it's, it's really wrong. I would like to think that people would say, okay, well, Father Jenkins is not making this up. <clears throat> but if I had people who would need me to see it, to tell them, and to take my word for it that this was really wrong, I would go and see this, this silly movie. I'd go see the movie for their sakes. And believe me, uh, if it was what it's being portrayed to be, I would be really, really repulsed by it to the point of uh, praying praying rosary chain rosaries you know yep. the whole thing so um, I mean I can guarantee you that if we came to that part of the movie I wouldn't just be sitting there like shrugging and saying oh well mm -hmm. it's everywhere mm -hmm. you know can't avoid it these days yeah. but, um, but, but again I mean if somebody went to the movie with the idea I'm going to vet this movie and find out Either for the sake of my own children, for the sake of other people's children, you know, let them know what what this is here. As soon as they saw 
Mm-hmm. But it was offensive that you get up and walk out. Okay. They shouldn't just sit there and watch the rest of the movie because they haven't finished their popcorn yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At that point, as soon as they see it, they say, okay, this is it. It's wrong. I want nothing to do with this. It's, they get up and they climb, water, they climb over everybody and they walk out of there. <laughs> and, you know, that's making a statement. Uh, their presence there would make a statement, okay, I'm here to see this movie. They're leaving and splashing popcorn and, uh, you know, strawberry soda, everybody. I'm not suggesting that either. On the way out, I think definitely, you know, uh, makes a statement, mm-hmm. too. And we mm-hmm. need to start making those statements. Sure. Sounds like a plan, Father. Uh, is, speaking of speaking of statements, I'd, I'd like to recommend the uh, the Pledge of the Legion of Decency to all of our viewers, and we can we can make a copy. It'd be good if we can put that on the screen. Sure. Yeah. 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 And we can we can uh, uh, make make copies of that. Available. They could probably follow along as with your voice as you were reading it. Sure. Yeah. 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 We could do that. Uh, but anyhow, Father, I'd like to thank you for being here tonight and, uh, and clear, oh. clearing these matters up. So, well, you're very welcome, Tom. Thank yeah. you. No problem. And God bless you and your family. Thank you. Thank you, Father. And. Uh, don't see it. I will not. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully our viewers uh, follow suit there. Uh, I would like to thank all of our viewers for watching this episode of What Catholics Believe. Until next time, we ask that you all remember the words of Our Lady at Fatima to consecrate yourselves and your families to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and to pray and do penance. Thank you and God bless you.